This is a Federal News Network podcast. No federal executive wants his or her agency or bureau to languish at the bottom of those rankings of employee engagement. The scores come from the annual Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, or FEVs. The Defense Department's Office of Inspector General was doing pretty poorly, way down at number 295 out of 320 agencies for its size category. Acting Inspector General Glenn Fine decided to do something about it. By 2018, employee favorability ratings were way above average. With how they did it, and maybe how you can, I spoke with Glenn Fine. And it's nice to be able to talk about something good that happened in the office of the Inspector General, rather than something horrible that happened at the Defense Department. So we congratulate you on that one. Uh, But first, uh, give us a sense of the situation on the scores when you got there as acting back in, uh, I guess that was 2016. I arrived in the DOD OIG in 2015 and became the Acting Inspector General in January 2016. Uh, We do very important work here at the DOD OIG, but it it relies on the engagement of our employees, which are our most valuable asset. Our scores in the FedView surveys were not high. As you mentioned, we were about 295 out of 320, which which is concerning. The FedView scores... They show something. They show uh, something about the health of an organization. They're not the only thing that matters. Obviously, productivity, timeliness of products, impact of work matters. But without employee engagement, you cannot um, do your work as effectively as as you need to. So we decided to make a concerted effort to address employee engagement. Uh, To be clear, there were initiatives ongoing when I got here, but we decided to make it more concerted, more persistent, to expand them, and be more disciplined about the process. So we did a whole variety of measures over several years, and it relies on the efforts of employees up and down the line in the DOD OIG. It's just not one person. It's the hard work of many managers, supervisors, and employees throughout our organization. And as a result, we have dramatically improved our employee engagement scores. Uh, We went from being way below the government average now to being significantly above the government average and the DOD average. And we even received an award from the Partnership for Public Service, who uh, said we were the most improved federal OIG and the most improved defense agency. And that matters, and we're we're proud of that, uh, that effort. And one of the scores I notice most particularly is how satisfied are you with the policies and practices of your senior leaders, that almost doubled. And I think that's a sign that uh, they understood what you were up to. I think that's right. We had to, we made a, a sort of a transparent and concerted effort. We, in, we included everyone into, in this effort uh, from the top on down to our deputy inspector generals, our assistant inspector generals, supervisors, managers, and we communicated with our workforce, to our workforce and from our workforce, what they were saying, what they were interested in, and we, and we took action on it. So you're right. As a result of that, many of the questions we have dramatically improved in, in the one that we're proud of, uh, the one where it says senior leaders generate high levels of motivation and commitment. It went from 25% to almost 60%, and that's now significantly above the government average, almost 20% above the government average. And many other questions, uh, similar improvements, and uh, we need, we, we're, we're both proud of that, but realize we're not done. Uh, we still have work to do. It's a, it's a, we have to be persistent about this, and, um, and we're looking at it in the long run, not as a sort of a, a one-year effort. And let's back up for a moment. The office of IG at the Defense Department is a pretty big one. You could be as big as some small independent agencies. Give us a sense of the number of employees and the scope in terms of where you're located. So we are the largest office of the Inspector General in the, in the federal government. We have over 1,800 uh, people working for the DOD OIG. We are 
located, uh, many of our employees are in Washington, uh, D.C., about 1,000, but uh, the rest of them are in 50 offices that are located all throughout the country and around the world because we oversee the entire Department of Defense, so we have to be where the Department of Defense is. So we have offices in the United States, but we also have offices in uh, South Korea, in Qatar, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Germany, uh, and um, we do work all throughout the world. And I guess that's one of the challenges because you have these group cells of people all over the place. Some of them are just a few people, and being the inspector general, they might almost feel isolated even if they're on location with other DOD components. So is that one of the challenges to make sure that those people feel like, yeah, we're far from headquarters, but we're also not forgotten out here in the hinterlands? Exactly right. Um, we have a, a number of field offices, and we need to make sure that they're included, they're communicated with. So we do that in a variety of ways, obviously through emails, but also through personal visits. We have to go and, and see them where they work, talk to them about their challenges and their progress and their successes. Uh, so I have, for example, visited our uh, – made over 85 – separate field office visits to our offices uh, in the in the almost four years I've been the, um, the head of the agency. Um, and it, I learn something new every time I go. And I hear what they're doing. I hear uh, the important work they're performing, but I also hear the concerns they have and the and the tools they need. And it's, it's very important that you go to the employees where they are and and Tell them what the you know what the initiatives are. Tell them where the OIG is going, but also hear from them and hear suggestions from them about how they you know how we can provide them what they need to do their job as efficiently and as effectively as possible. We're speaking with Glenn Fine. He's the acting Defense Department Inspector General. And let's go through some of the techniques you use to drive up those scores. And the first one was just better communication, but that really involved a lot of steps. What were the highlights for you? Right. Our employees hunger for communication. They want to know what the, um, the plans, the initiatives, the strategy of the organization are. They want to know what, that what they're doing matters. Uh, they want to be able to communicate with their leaders. So we did a variety of things. So, for example, regularly I write an email to all our employees describing developments, significant events, changes throughout the ORG, and what, you know, what we are doing and why we are doing it. Other DOD leaders do it as well. Our chief of staff does it, and our, the leaders of our organizations do, do similar things. I walk around our offices to talk to employees individually. We also have a senior staff meeting, for example, and I ask our leaders, who come to the senior staff meeting, why don't you bring one of your junior employees to each senior staff meeting so that they can understand what we're doing, how we do it, what are the key issues. I confess they're not the most scintillating meetings, but they, the employees do get to see, as the lawyers say, how the sausage is made. We also um, have an engagement board where we discuss new audits and evaluations that we are about to open. We bring all our senior leaders together to use the experience and expertise of all of them to um, to focus the audit but, or evaluation, but also to those, so that they can understand what other parts of the ORG uh, are doing. Communication can't be over uh, overstressed, uh, so that is the first uh, and most important, I think, initiative we have tried to do, which is increase the communication both from employees and to employees. And one of the other techniques was providing clear direction. And what I wanted to zero in there is how did you not just have the direction come from your office or from your voice, 
but also through the phalanx of managers that the people actually report to, because all 1,800 people don't report directly to you. Right. So we we created a new strategic plan uh, to describe what we do and how we do it, what our um, goals and objectives are, and our and and we talk about that strategic plan, and our leaders talk about that strategic plan in the town hall meetings they they conduct with their employees, in uh, the brown bag lunches they have, and in, in in new employee orientation sessions. Every new employee, for example, I swear in every new employee when I'm in town, and if I don't do it, other leaders do it, and we talk to them about the, the importance of their work and, and how we operate. We also have a new employee orientation session for new employees when there's a group of them, and they hear from each of the leaders of the various components of the OIG, because I want them to understand they don't work for a particular component of the OIG alone. They, they're not just auditors or evaluators or investigators. They work for the OIG as a whole, and they need to collaborate and coordinate throughout the OIG. So that's very important as well. I also decided to write an article uh, about uh, how I think IG should operate. I've been in the IG community for a significant period of time. I was the Inspector General of the Justice Department for 11 years, and now I've been the um, head of the DOD OIG for almost four. So I wrote an article called Seven Principles of Highly Effective Inspectors General. And we give that to our employees, and we circulate it, and we, we talk about what we do and how we do it and what are the key principles. Um, we also, I'll give you another example, we wrote an OIG editorial guide uh, to discuss how our report should be written, you know, what our style is, you know, even grammar do's and don'ts, so that we can speak with one voice so we have a consistent uh, style and that we can have a consistent style and the, our, our employees don't have to wonder about that or focus on that. They can focus on the substance of their work. And so I, I think those efforts help to provide them direction and guidance and allow them to focus on the key mission, the challenging mission they have to detect and deter waste, fraud, and abuse, to promote the economy and efficiency and effectiveness, and to help ensure ethical conduct throughout the entire Department of Defense, which is the largest federal, federal agency and, in fact, the largest organization in the world. And you mentioned just a moment ago that you personally swear in all new employees. And that reminds me of something that you said earlier than that, is that you walk around. And in your report, in the essay you wrote for the Columbia Law Journal, you note that at first, some people were kind of scared when the inspector general himself, the number one guy, came by their desk to chat. They thought they were in trouble. But <laughs> over time, you say they became used to the idea and kind of welcome it. Yeah, I, I would get some you know interesting reactions when I showed up at their cubicle, and they would look at me and say, oh, the IG's here. Is everything okay? What are you, what are you doing here? And I said, I just wanted to say hello, hear, hear what you're doing, answer any questions you have, talk about sports, and they've... they've become used to me walking around uh, and just showing up sometimes. And I think that's that's just an example of how we want to communicate with them and give them an opportunity to communicate with us as well. And given your background, you're probably better at making sweet 16 brackets than almost anybody around there. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I did play basketball in college. Um, I'm actually not very good at predicting uh, who's going to do well in the NCAA tournament, but I, I like it. I follow it. And we do, you know, we do have some, you know, 
uh, friendly conversations about that, about people's alma mater and or even their hometown uh, teams and how they're going to do. Sure. Tell us the incident about the parking spaces, because that falls under the idea of giving people the tools they need. Usually that means information technology and so on. But given that you are located, the headquarters of the DODIG are what might be the worst situated building in greater D.C. area, the parking spaces came up. Yeah, it's a challenge. Where we are, we're at the, at the, at the Mark Center, which is um, in Virginia. It's not near a metro stop. It's fairly isolated. Um, it, it, most people either have to take a series of buses to get here or um, park. Uh, and we, when because we have been growing and been hiring new employees, we have a significant waiting list for parking. So our new employees did not get a parking space. And they'd have to park somewhere else and walk, which is not a good situation. At the same time, the parking garage had empty spaces that were not allocated. So it was very important to our employees. So we made a concerted effort with the DOD, which controlled the parking, to to seek additional parking to eliminate the waiting list. It took a while. It was challenging, but we raised it at all levels of the department. Our, our logistics staff raised it. Our chief of staff raised it. And honestly, I also raised it with the Secretary of Defense. So that's kind of anomalous. Uh, and it may sound even trivial because one moment I would be discussing with him the status of wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and in the next um, moment I'd be talking about parking spaces at the Mark Center. But it matters. It matters to our employees. It matters to their working life. And it was important for us to advocate for that and fight for them to get them the tools they need to be more effective and uh, to improve their working conditions. To their credit, the DOD understood that, provided us the parking spaces, and now we don't have a waiting list. So little things matter like that. And our employees, I think, were saw that we were willing to fight for them to get them what they needed. And I wanted to go into the idea of promoting pride in the mission. That's one of your seven points there. And that would seem obvious, but maybe it wasn't the case when, when you started this initiative. Well, I think it's always important to make sure that the, our employees know that what, what they do matters, their work is important, and it has an important impact on the DOD, which has an incredibly important impact on our country. After all, the DOD promotes the safety and security and liberty of all of us. So we have a critical role, and I thought it is important to make sure our employees recognized how important their role was. They did, I think they did, and this had been stressed in the past, but we made a concerted effort to expand it even more. So we uh, do a series of things by highlighting their work at the senior staff meetings. We make a big deal out of our award ceremony and honor uh, the outstanding accomplishments of OIG employees. For example, we have um, uh, asked the senior leaders of the department to come to our award ceremony or town hall meetings and discuss what's happening in the DOD, but also the role of the OIG. And we've been fortunate in that the last two secretaries of defense, Secretary Carter, Secretary Mattis, um, came and spoke to either a town hall meeting or an annual award ceremony. The chief of staff of the, I'm sorry, the chairman of the joint chiefs of, the, of staff, um, General Dunford, came and spoke to us. The incoming chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, General Milley, has spoken to us. The deputy secretaries of defense came and spoke to us. And our employees, therefore, see what they do has a very significant impact on the highest levels of the department and the work of the department. So I think that's very important to show them. I also think it's important to show them, uh, you know, the, the way their work is used and viewed up on Capitol Hill. So, for example, when I testify, um, 
before Congress, and I do that regularly. I bring the team who worked on the project, the audit report, for example, that was that is the subject of the hearing, the whole team, so they can be there and see the impact of their work, how it's viewed, the questions that are asked, and why their work is very important. So I think it had been happening in the past, but we just made a concerted effort to try and highlight that on a regular basis. And earlier we talked about the scores and the improvement in the employee viewpoint scores, but there's another measure that you cite, which is employee turnover, and that's improved too, hasn't it? That has improved. Our attrition rate has gone down. Uh, I think that is a, a variety of uh, because of a variety of factors. But one of that is, one of those factors is our engagement, our employee engagement, the way the employees view our organization has has improved. Uh, so our attrition rate has gone down. And for example, we have a, a more regular phenomenon of having employees who have left the OIG come back to the OIG. We have a significant number of them. We call them boomerang employees. And when I swear in new employees, I ask them what their background is, where they came from, and a fair number of them will, will tell me, I used to be at the OIG, I went somewhere else, and now I'm back. And that's good to see. And so how do you sustain this level of effort on this particular issue over time? Well, that's the key. As I, as I said, it's not a, as they say in, in NCA basketball, one and done. It is, you have to be persistent about it. It's a, it has to be a long-term effort. There may be, you know, fits and starts of this, um, but we have to make sure that we make it part of our DNA that these, that this is important, that employee engagement matters. We have an employee engagement council where we focus on these scores, focus on um, issues that um, are apparent from the scores, ask them for suggestions and recommendations for improvement. We also have these engagement councils within our different components, so within the audit component we have one, within the criminal investigative component we have one. We have a new evaluations division, which is a consolidated group. They're going to have one. So we need to listen to them and um, continue the effort. Um, you know, we will we will see that employees can see whether you're serious about this and whether you are committed to this. If you just do it once, employees will think, well, this is the flavor of the month. They don't really take this seriously. But if you focus on it again and again, if you make it part of your, your regular routine, if you go back to the Employee Engagement Council again and again and ask them for additional suggestions and, and make sure they understand the value of their work. That's how we can sustain this. There's no real magic formula, to be honest. Um, this is, none of the principles I've said are, are so uh, unprecedented or rocket science. It's just a matter of focusing on it and sustaining that effort and convincing our employees that this matters and we want your input and we want to improve things here because one of my favorite expressions, which I use a lot, is from uh, a former justice of the Supreme Court, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who said, the most important thing in this world is not where you stand, but in what direction you're moving. And from these scores, we are moving in the right direction. We need to keep moving in that direction, but we are making improvements. Glenn Fine is acting Defense Department Inspector General. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to his article at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. 
on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.